0: Merry Christmas, everybody. No, it's still July. It's still hot. But today on the Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking Podcast, we're doing a very special episode, Christmas in July. We're going to talk all about the birth of Christ, read some Bible verses talking about the Prince of Peace and how he came to save us from our sins. This will be fun. Let's go. It's not Christmas. Let's get into the Spirit. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to a uh, special edition, a special episode of the Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking podcast, where today we're going through uh, Bible verses talking about the birth of Christ. It's a Christmas in July episode here in uh, the end of July. We're going to turn the calendar here pretty soon next week to August. I can't believe it already, and uh, it'll be the burr months before we know it. Uh, So why not get ready a little bit and dream of cooler days by reading some Bible verses and getting ready and kind of putting our mindset in the spirit of, of Christmas if only for half an hour. Or so until we get back to the summer heat and reality. But today uh, we have got the AC cranking low, we got Christmas music playing on the speakers, and we're going to dive in to some Bible verses talking about the birth of our Savior. So today we're going to start with Isaiah 7:14. In case you are following along in your Bibles, if you just want to sit back and listen to me, uh, feel free, and I'll uh, read them to you. Uh, if not, if you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah 7:14. It's in the Old Testament, so yes. They do talk about Jesus in the Old Testament, uh, maybe not by name, but certainly talking about the upcoming Messiah. So this is um, Isaiah uh, 7, uh, 14. Isaiah is written by the prophet Isaiah uh, right around 700 B.C., so 700 years before Christ is even born. He talks about the upcoming Messiah. So we're going to read uh, two verses quickly in Isaiah and then pivot over to Matthew. So Isaiah 7, uh, we'll call it 14, uh, half of 14. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and we will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. All right, let's just briefly talk about that just for a second. So in the Old Testament, 700 years before Christ, Isaiah prophesies that a virgin was going to conceive a child, a boy, a son, and they were going to call him God is with us Emmanuel. So, there was already told in these stories for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years that there will be our savior, our God was going to be with us on earth through a virgin uh, and and it was going to be a son. It's all right there. 700 years before Jesus even stepped foot on the earth. Let's turn real quick to Isaiah 9. Uh, verse 6, which is just a couple of pages past. In my Bible, it's page uh, 907, so right around the middle or so of your Bible. So turn a couple pages over, and we'll read Isaiah 9:6. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So he's talking about the Messiah coming. Right, as we know, is Jesus later on. Right, spoiler alert. Uh, later on, we know that the child was born, a son was given, the government, right, the way they look at it, the government, the world will rest on his shoulders. Now, this is one thing to think about. So, from Isaiah's standpoint and from the Jewish faith standpoint, they were thinking that the uh, Messiah was going to come to save us, save them from Roman rule. Right, not just to save us from our sins, uh, but to save the Jewish people from the Romans and from the uh, from the governments at the time. That's why he referenced the government will rest on his shoulders. But Jesus, or his the Messiah, will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. It's interesting. Just to take a few words there, he calls the Messiah mighty God. So he calls the Messiah God. So he's already saying that the one who comes to earth will be God, everlasting Father, right? Because we're talking the Trinity here, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they're all one, Prince of Peace. He will bring peace. So that is Isaiah 9, uh, verse 6. Let's turn now to Matthew. So this is in the uh, New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, so it's we're gonna go just turn to Matthew one and I'll tell you what we're doing here in a minute because I got I kind of got a little plan to read the next section. So now we're gonna we've talked about Isaiah prophesizing that the Messiah was going to come to save us and to be the Prince of Peace. He was going to be born of the Virgin. He was going to be a, a son. And he was going to be called God with us. Right. So now we turn to Matthew, where we're talking about the story of Jesus being born. All right, so right around halfway through Matthew 1, get my string out of the way, uh, verse 18, we're going to read kind of the back half of 1 and the first half of 2. So let's read about the birth of Jesus the Messiah, as it says here in my Bible. Verse 18, uh, Matthew 1, 18, for those following along. Um, This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His his mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, right, we just read about that in Isaiah, uh, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. This is something we don't always talk about on Sunday and Christmas Eve services, was the fact that they weren't even married yet. They were engaged, Mary and Joseph were engaged, and you got to think about how Joseph felt in that time. We're going to talk in a minute about why he kind of changed his tune. But she became pregnant. They hadn't had relations yet, we'll say. They were still engaged. And so I'm sure Joseph, in order to not disgrace her publicly, because certainly it would shame her to be pregnant before marriage, especially in those days. Nowadays, we're a little, our culture's got a little loose with that stuff. But for, especially in those days, it was shameful. It should be shameful in these days, too, but be that as it may. Uh, Verse 20 goes on. As he considered this, Joseph, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, going back to Isaiah's prophecy, she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Okay, so this is the pivot. Now, I'm going to keep breathing here. I'm not, I'm not going to talk the whole time. But here's the pivot to where, in the Jewish faith, especially back in the Isaiah's time, it, they were thinking that the Messiah was going to come and save them from Rome and save them and have the government on his shoulders. But in reality, angels telling Joseph it's not just that. He will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet, Now we're calling back Isaiah, the word of Isaiah here. Look, this is what we just read. This is the reason why I read it earlier, so y'all knew the uh, kind of the callback here. Verse 23 of Matthew 2, or Matthew 1. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So he's quoting, right? He's quoting uh, Isaiah there. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus, just as the angel said. All right, so now Jesus is born, hallelujah, the king of kings, the prince of peace, uh, is born on this earth. All right, God among us, Emmanuel, as we talked about, has been born. Joseph changed his tune. He listened to the angel, as we all probably would, (laughs) hopefully, if an angel came and spoke to us and gave us instructions. So he quoted uh, uh, the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, which we just read earlier, and now he believes and uh, trusts that the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit has taught him. So now Jesus was born. Now let's see what happened after that. Matthew 2, visitors from the east. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About the time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is this newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we came to worship him. Okay, a couple of things. Uh, one thing, I'll say. the Jesus was born in Bethlehem was another prophecy that is in the Old Testament. I didn't read it today, but it is in the Old Testament. Jesus fulfilled the prophecy that the Messiah was going to be born in Bethlehem. Verse 3. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? Somebody said. Somebody replied, "In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And this is what we're then they're going to quote the Old Testament here. And you, O Bethlehem in the land of Ju- of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from uh, from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. So there's that prophecy, right? That's why we're reading kind of Old Testament and New Testament together. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned." Uh, From them, the time of the star had appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. So he's tricking or attempting to tricking the wise men. I'm reading this part, not just about the birth of Christ, but it's the entire Christmas story with the wise men showing up, right? There's a little backstory up here that most of us that don't necessarily read this every year. Uh, know and realize that the wise men weren't didn't just see the star and follow the star to worship Christ. They stopped and talked to King Herod and he tried to trick them into kind of telling them where he where Jesus was so he could go worship him. As we all know, hopefully we all know, as we all know, King Herod did not want to worship Jesus. Okay. He did not want anybody to challenge his rule. And if you, if you talk about the Old part or the Old Testament, as we talked about in Isaiah, we talked about the fact that the government would rest on Jesus' shoulders. They, King Herod and the rulers knew that. They did not want anybody challenging the government. They didn't want anybody challenging their rule. So he tried to trick the wise men into telling them where Jesus was. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star that had been seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem and went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. And this is why we see the Christmas picture of the star on top of the manger uh, with Joseph, Mary, and Jesus, and the animals. It's because in Matthew 2, 9, it talks about the fact that the star moved and was on top of Bethlehem. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. All right, so I included that part because I kind of like the history of it all. I like the fact that we're talking in Isaiah about this uh, Messiah coming to save, right, the, the 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 Israel people and the Jewish people from Roman rule. But in reality, as the angel told Joseph, he has come to save us from our sins and save his people from our sins. Now, with that, uh, obviously the rest of that story is that the wise men did not go back and tell King Herod where Jesus was, but Jesus uh, and his family eventually escape and go to Egypt. And there's a whole story there too, which is kind of cool. You can keep reading in Matthew. But uh, I wanted to talk today about the fact that a couple of things. One is in five short months, we'll be celebrating the birth of Christ. And what he did was not just come to run. The government, but to save us for our sins. He will be the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He is the wonderful counselor that he is. So lean on Jesus today. Uh, lean on him with whatever it is that you need. Do you need counseling? He's the wonderful counselor. Do you need peace in your life? He is the Prince of Peace, uh, as Isaiah talked to him. So, it's interesting, and the reason why I kind of wanted to bounce back and forth today, because we could read Luke, which we do every December, and learn about uh, the birth of Christ, but rarely do we kind of talk about the Old Testament and the New Testament together, and, and how uh, the Old Testament prophesied that Jesus was going to come, and then Jesus fulfilled all those prophecies in the New Testament, and they're correlated parallel right on top of each other, proving that Jesus is the Messiah. So I like to have that reference and that kind of point of view, and hopefully that helps you guys too. So we'll uh, we'll get back to our normal podcast here on Friday, but I want to take a break and read a little bit about the birth of Christ and celebrate Christmas in July a little bit. And we'll read Luke and we'll do a Christmas episode, uh, you know, come December. But for right now, uh, we needed a break from the heat and uh, to read a little bit about the birth of Christ, which is kind of fun kind of fun. So, all right. Uh, let me have a sip of coffee and then I'll answer any of your questions. So if you're live here on Instagram, make sure you uh, hit the question mark down on the bottom. There may be a plus sign. There may just be a, uh, a question mark, uh, but hit that and I'll answer a couple of y'all's questions uh, before we get our week going. It's a uh, Monday. It's time to get busy. So if you like my mug, uh, I sell these on my store. I've had that for a couple of years. Uh, it's one of my most favorite items that uh, that I have. All right. Um, so put your question in the, um, in the comments. I got a few already, but make sure you load me up so I can kind of pick and choose some good ones there. Let's hit that. Uh, has Texas had a heat wave beach goer girl too? Uh, we have a heat wave every Christmas or every summertime, I almost say Christmas. Can you believe that? Every summer. Uh, it's hot in Texas. It's always hot in Texas. I gripe about it. It's 104 today. I don't like it. Uh, but I've lived here for, pretty much my entire life and every summer, uh, is brutal heat. So, uh, uh, yeah, we have a heat wave. That's, it's called, uh, it's called the dog days of summer here in Texas, uh, through part of July and all of August is just brutal. All right. Um, let's see. Let's hit that question mark again. Uh, Uh, In which country do Christmas celebrations start in July? I'm from India. Well, uh, I I don't know that we do, to be honest with you. It's just something fun. Uh, I know some of our um, uh, local kind of cable channels with the Hallmark Channel and uh, whatever the other one is, they always play Christmas movies in July uh, that are pretty cheesy and bad. But um, uh, whatever reason, sometimes we celebrate Leon Day, which is uh, halfway to Christmas in June. It's just a way to keep Christ and Christmas front and center. All right, um, what does it mean—this is from Haley—what uh, does it mean when Jesus says, no one comes through the through the Father, is, she means to the Father, except through me? What does it mean that no one goes to the Father except through him? What does Jesus mean by that? Here's my interpretation and uh, what I've uh, been taught all my life, okay? So I believe in the Trinity— Uh, as they call it. So God, three and one. So we have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So God is in three kind of versions, so to speak, but one God in heaven, and that's who we worship, okay? We worship God in heaven. Now, saying that, at the time, especially when Jesus was on earth, God was in kind of everywhere, which he can be, right? You have God the Father, who's still in heaven, Jesus the Son, who was here on earth, and the Holy Spirit, which fills our souls, once we accept Jesus. What Jesus meant by that is you have to believe that Christ is your Savior, and you have to put your trust and hope in him in order to be with the Father in heaven one day after you pass. That's what Jesus means by that. You can only get to the Father. You can only get to be with the Father through Jesus Christ. If you don't believe in Jesus, if you don't believe that Jesus is God— and part of the Trinity, then that's what he's saying you may want to you may want to do that. So that's, that's the bold proclamation of my faith as a Christian, and uh, that is what we believe. So if you think Jesus is just a prophet, or a teacher, or a good man that was here on earth, and you don't believe that he is God, even though we just read verses stating that the Messiah was God in Isaiah 700 years before Jesus even got here— right? Uh, that, uh, that you need to kind of read up about. So let's read, uh, let's take a couple more questions. Um, can we go to the Father through Mother Mary? Uh, that was another question popped up. No, only through Jesus Christ. Um, it, you may be Catholic, it's probably why you reference that. Catholics kind of um, um, talk about Mother Mary a lot, uh, but in reality, you can only get to uh, God in Heaven through Jesus Christ. Alright, uh, let's take a couple other questions. Um duh, 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 duh. Uh, Why is it prophesied that the child you're born uh, would be named Emmanuel, but then named Jesus? Well, God with us is what they called him. Now, Jesus has many names. Uh, Yeshua, Emmanuel, Jesus, there's lots of ways you can reference his name, uh, but it all means the same. Emmanuel means he will be God with us. What he was trying to tell us in the Bible was the fact that Jesus is God, and he is going to be with us. He's not just a prophet or a teacher or another man. It's God physically appearing and coming to earth to be with us. That's why uh, he references Emmanuel, uh, God, with us. Uh, how, can I, how could I help preach Christ to my non-believing friends? Luke, let's just talk about that for a second. Uh, it's kind of off-topic, but that's okay. How do you preach Christ to your friends? Preaching may be the the wrong word. Sharing is probably the right word. How do you share Jesus and the story of Jesus and our faith that we have with your friends? There's many, many ways to do that, right? I am very open with my faith. I have Christian friends. I'm sure I have non-Christian friends. There are friends that I have uh, conversations with quite frequently about Jesus. There are friends that uh, we hang out and we don't talk about it. As much now, saying that I am still a witness to Jesus and my faith, even when I'm with my friend, my friends that aren't uh, that bold in their faith or that open in their faith, or I don't even necessarily know what they believe. Now we have conversations; they know my faith. I may be the only exposure to Christianity and to Jesus that they have. So there is a duty for me to live a good life, a Christian life, a representative life of what Jesus would want me to live. And in some ways, I am that example uh, that, uh, that they need to see. So saying that, there are many ways to kind of talk to your friends uh, or or explain to them. If they have questions, feel free to talk to them. Don't be afraid to broach the subject. But if you're preachy and you're on them all the time and that's all that you want to tell them about— You may lose them. you got to kind of toe the line a little bit on that. So I've had some experience where I've had friends of mine who I know have some doubts in their faith. They know that I don't. So when the time was right, they would bring it up to me, which I kind of like. I love sitting there having conversations and a a friend that's struggling with their faith go, I have a question for you. I'm like, sure, what's going on? Uh, there are ways to do that. So there's no right or wrong way to do it. I would say be bold in your faith, be open in your faith, live a, a a life that is representative of Jesus. Live, and so they know that you love Jesus. And when things go good for you, or you're calm in stressful situations because of your faith, uh, your friends are going to look at you and go, "There's something different about him or her. I wonder what it is." Then you can tell them what it is. Okay. Let's have uh, one more question, and we'll get out of here. Uh, let's see what we got here. That's some good questions today. Yes, I've heard of Herbert, Texas. Um, all right. Uh, I'll read the the one on the bottom here. This is Cammy says, I'm new to reading the Bible, have a hard time understanding a lot. Please direct me on a good place to start, and a good study Bible. That's a great question, Cami. I'll have a sip of coffee, and I'll get into that. Okay. The Bible can be incredibly confusing, for sure, especially if you start at the beginning. And I mean that sincerely, uh, but there's a reason why God put this Bible in this order, right? He wanted it to be from Genesis to Revelation, right, from the beginning of creation to the reveal of Jesus, you know, coming back to this earth. So there's a whole story intertwined between 66 books there, on purpose, now saying that, Without understanding some of the concepts in the New Testament, it's hard to understand the Old Testament. So, if you're new to the Bible, I always say, and this is the easiest way to understand it, uh, is to read the Gospels first, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It talks about the life of Jesus. You get that foundation of Christ uh, in your readings, and then you can kind of go back and read... The beginning, and then you kind of can understand uh, how it was all building up to Jesus. Now, saying that, if you read the Old Testament first, and then once you turn that corner in the New Testament, you will be like, "Oh, I okay, I get it now." That's when Isaiah is talking about, you know, the 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 son being conceived of a virgin. He's talking about Jesus, but that was like many many books prior to that. So, and that can be challenging, especially as you kind of get into the 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 Jewish law books at the beginning with Leviticus and numbers and Deuteronomy, those are tough to read sometimes. Uh, but you need to understand uh, how the Jewish people at the time had to live and had to live by those Levitical laws at the time. and that's what they believed in before Jesus came and freedom from those rules. So it is important that you read the whole thing. Now, saying that, <clears throat> find the the version of the Bible that makes the most most sense, or that's easiest to read for you. I read the New Living Translation. You can uh, you can <clears throat> excuse me. You can keep my Bible actually in the in the comments on the podcast or on the description on the podcast and the YouTube videos, but. ESV, there's some easy ones to read. Excuse me. Find one that you like and that makes sense to you and that's easy to read and dive into that. I don't care what version it is. There's some I like, there's some I don't, but the most important thing is that you can read it and that you'll read it consistently. Now, the last thing I'll say about understanding the Bible is, once you kind of get through it and understand it all, there's some great Bible plans. Even on like, well, I have a t-shirt on today. This is fortuitous. Uh, version app on your phone. Uh, I did not wear that on purpose, I promise. I just put it on today. Uh, but check out the version app uh, it's a great uh, app. I've been to their offices a few years ago. It's pretty cool. The guys there are great. Uh, and uh, read. there's a lot of good Bible uh, verse plans in there, regardless of what you're dealing with. Whether you want to read from start to finish, there's a plan for that. You want to read in the New Testament, there's a plan for that. You want to read Bible verses related to your situation in life? There's a plan for that. Uh, there's a lot of them on there. So check out YouVersion. This is not an ad. Uh, I use it every day, quite frankly. I have it on my phone. Uh, I love to read uh, via the phone. My wife and I do plans together sometimes. That's another great thing about it. Uh, so find a buddy, right? Uh, find a buddy to read with, and that's always great, too, whether it's your spouse, significant other, or just a friend. Uh, that's great. YouVersion is the app. You can just type in the Bible app on uh, your phone, uh, you know, uh App Store thing, and uh, it's the most popular one. Half a billion downloads, or whatever their math is now. So it's pretty fantastic. But check it out. Uh, They always do the uh, Bible verse of the day, they've got great plans. It's a great thing. Not an ad, I promise you. I just love the app, and I just happen to be wearing the T-shirt today, which is weird. I know. It wasn't on purpose, I promise. So check it out uh, on Uversion, or just go to Bible.com. I think that's the same thing. Uh, so anyways, uh, thanks for joining me today for uh, Christmas in July, uh, kind of special episode of the podcast, slash live, slash uh, in, you know, YouTube video. Let's pray today, and we'll get about our week. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much. For bringing us together today, thank you so much for bringing us the words that we needed to read to understand Jesus and understand the birth of Jesus. How it's all tied together, Lord. It's it's so just incredible that we have sixty-six books of the Bible written by so many different people and over thousands of year period, and it all works so seamlessly together, Lord. It's just truly amazing, and there's the reason why that your Bible, Lord, is the most sold and most owned book in the history of the world. We're so thankful that you give us the the words in Isaiah to tie us in the words of Matthew, so we can understand the importance of the event that Jesus being born on this earth. We love you so much, Lord, and we're so grateful that you came to earth yourself to save us from our sins, from each other, from our circumstances, from it all, from this culture, from this world that we struggle in so very much. We're so, so thankful for that. Please be with everybody watching or listening to this video today. Put a little bit of Christmas spirit in their hearts to tie them over the rest of the summertime. We love you and trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, have a great uh, rest of the week. Have a great last uh, week or so of July. And I hope you uh, like this little uh, episode of Christmas in July reading about the birth of Christ. So, hey, you know what? Crank up some Christmas music today. Get in a good mood. Spread the love of Jesus. And uh, have a great rest of the day. Until next time, keep Jesus on your heart and forever on your mind. Love you guys. Talk to you all soon.